The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Northern Ireland's striking unions are out in force today as up to 170,000 public sector workers would take to the streets to demand a pay rise. Joining me now is journalist Amanda Ferguson. Amanda, good morning. Good morning. Now, who precisely is withdrawing labour today? Okay, well, um, 16 unions are involved in the industrial action with up to 170,000 workers um, taken to picket lines uh, across the north today. Now, that is the most significant industrial action that there's been uh, in Northern Ireland for well over a decade. Um, And it's really to send a message to uh, the Stormont parties, particularly the DUP and the UK government, uh, that workers want their their pay awards. They haven't had an uplift in over two years. And I've been out and about this morning uh, from early on talking to uh, bus drivers and rail drivers and, and talking to teachers and, and nurses and really they're they're given some really um challenging uh, circumstances that the union members are facing the the bus driver that I spoke to uh, down in the Duncrew industrial estate said to me that one of their members uh, had come to them to say that they told their children last Sunday that they were having a picnic in bed day because they couldn't afford to put the heat on and I was talking to a teacher outside St Malachy's College um, and he was saying that even teachers are having difficulties in terms of the childcare costs uh, that are surging. And one teacher that I spoke to uh, said to me it's the first time in his entire career of over 30 years that he's taken industrial action. Now, the, the, the point about all of this is if you take a look at a UK-wide picture, you're looking at England, Scotland, Wales and Northern Ireland. And it does appear that in the other three parts of the United Kingdom, they have got their pay rise but the money is yeah. there for Northern Ireland, but it has not been passed on. Yes, there there isn't pay parity for workers. Um, you know, teachers and healthcare workers are among the the worst paid across the the four jurisdictions. Uh, we know that uh, before Christmas, the Secretary of State had had the political talks with the parties and a financial package of £3.3 billion had been agreed but the UK government is very firmly linking uh, the the public sector pay award of around £600 million that's included in that amount with the restoration of Stormont so we've seen in recent days the the NIO and the DUP batting back and forward who's to blame for this Um, but certainly whenever you're talking to workers on the picket line, some of those workers will be DUP members um, but very much whenever you're speaking to people they're saying that if the DUP would get back to work, that the problem will be solved. Other people are saying, you know, they don't want to be used as pawns, that the, the two issues to be separated out. Uh, but certainly there's a, a sense that the dysfunction that's happening in the North uh, and the fact that we haven't had government uh, for nearly two years, uh, now not fully functioning government anyway, just can't be sustained. Um, the, the British government is saying, and Chris uh, Heaton uh, Harris is saying, look, Pay is a devolved function. Payment of the public services is a devolved function. Uh, You know, you don't have all the powers. You don't have powers over defence matters, for example, and there are other areas that they don't have uh, power over. But this is one of the areas where the executive, uh, the assembly, uh, it's one of their jobs, organising pay. That's right. uh, And he's saying, get back to work and you can sort this out. Now, he is, of course, obviously hoping to get the Assembly back up and running. That's one of his tasks as Secretary of State. But at the same time, he's also being, you know, very frank. It's your job. I'm not going to do it for you. 
Yeah, well, I think if I think perhaps if, if MLA salary was was further reduced, that might g things up a little bit. The the MLAs, all of them, um, have had their salary reduced by a third. Um, and at the moment, the only barrier to restoration is the DUP. Uh, the smaller unionist part of the Ulster unionists have said that they decouple uh, the issues around the post Brexit trade in arrangements from devolution, and they also view the the ongoing impasse as being damaging um, to to Northern Ireland maintaining its union with Britain uh, in the long term. Term. However, the DUP argue that they feel that the Windsor framework and that the post-Brexit trade-in arrangements that apply to the North um, are so damaging um, to the economy and to the constitutional position uh, of Northern Ireland that they're using the only leverage they have, which is to block uh, the restoration of Stormont. In the meantime, each of the departments in Northern Ireland are being run by civil servants who don't have ministerial powers. And we saw yesterday a, a Sinn Féin recall motion, which is the seventh time uh, in the last two years that we've attempted to get uh, Stormont back up and running uh, that the DUP stuck to the position that they've stuck with all along. And it should be said that DUP supporters largely back what they're doing. Yeah. Um, Yesterday, Michelle O'Neill pointed out in her speech that uh, basically it was to stop uh, a Sinn Féin member becoming First Minister, i.e. herself, that she, that was the the real reason. It, It was less about constitution and trade arrangements more about a symbolic thing. We cannot have uh, a Sinn Féin person as First Minister. It would be a slap on the face to unionism. How much truth is there in that argument that it's not about Brexit, it's not about trade, it's about Sinn Féin? Well, certainly, it's it's a widespread view. Um, you know that has been something that I have been exploring since after uh, the historic assembly election that we saw in May of 2022. Now, no doubt, Sinn Féin emerging as the largest party uh, in Northern Ireland in in over uh, its 100 uh, plus year history is hugely significant. Now, we know that in Northern Ireland, the, the roles of first minister and deputy first minister are a joint office. So, really, it's only a psychological issue where one, where for the first time an Irish Republican would have the title of First Minister and not have the small D of deputy beside it. It doesn't look very good for the DUP and unionism has a presentational problem because lots of nationalists, Republicans and others interpret what the DUP is doing as being sectarian, as being um, almost akin to a child lifting their football and going home with it because they're not the, the sort of top dog or the or the biggest boy uh, anymore. And the only way that the DUP can disprove that is going back to government. Now, whenever you put it to them uh, that there is is about divisions with their own party, about the fact that they're unhappy that they're no longer the largest party. They reject that flat out. They say that their objections are based solely uh, on the post-Brexit trade-in arrangements. But the problem from them is that a lot of people don't yeah. believe them. Now, I, I can understand uh, the weakening of, if you like, the constitutional position where you've got uh, unimpeded trade with uh, the Republic and, of course, access to the EU market, also access to the UK market. It doesn't seem as if those arrangements in, you know, financial terms, in economic terms, could be damaging to the economy. In constitutional terms, you can see their point perhaps about a weakening of uh, the the link. But for the moment anyway, they are standing firm. There's not going to be uh, a resumption of Stormont. How long will this strike go on? Is it a one-day effort and will there be repeats? Well, it's 24 hours in this instance, but some other unions uh, are engaged in other dates already in the diary, um, you know, in, including um, special uh, needs, classroom assistance and so on. But it should be pointed out that 
While the DUP has concerns about the post-Brexit traded arrangements constitutionally, the Good Friday Agreement from 1998 is very clear. Uh, Northern Ireland is a conditional part of the United Kingdom and it's conditional on people wanting it to remain so. We know that the provisions are there that in the future, if um, the majority, it seemed as if the majority of people wanted Irish unity, that a border poll would be held and democracy uh, would allow the people to decide whether or not to maintain the union or to create uh, what's being described uh, as a new Ireland. So the DUP argument in that that regard is full of holes whenever it comes to the, the post-Brexit trade-in arrangements. Certainly, um, you know, businesses are very pragmatic. They look for the, the path of least resistance, almost like water flowing. But, you know, ha- where your sausages are traded and, and who you uh, import and export with um, doesn't change the constitutional position of the jurisdiction that you live in. And certainly the business community um, will, would decouple uh, what they would view as the benefits of the Windsor Framework from the constitutional position, they argue that uh, the North uh, could be, um, you know, the, the jewel in in the in the crown uh, of the United Kingdom in terms of having access to both the EU uh, market and also the UK internal market, putting it in a in an enviable position that I'm sure um, politicians in Scotland and in other jurisdictions across England would sort of, um, you know, yeah. bite your hand for. So um, it is it is complicated, and also it should be remembered that. The, the people of the North voted to remain in the EU, but because it was a UK-wide vote, it was respected and it was democracy and that's why it was carried. So the DUP finds itself in a position that um, it's not the first time we've had an impasse at Stormont, but this is, is one that is linked to issues that aren't directly related to Stormont. The last time we had an impasse in 27. Uh, team to 2020 that was regarding the botched green energy scheme and yeah. disrespect for the Irish language whereas this is strictly about an agreement between the United Kingdom government and the European Union and mm. the Windsor framework seems to have been the breakthrough and really when you think about it in the grand scheme of things when you think about what's happening in Yemen and what's happening in Palestine attention isn't focused on the north apart from those who have a keen interest because there are so many uh, bigger issues yeah. at play and where trade flows on this tiny speck of the world um, isn't really exercising very many people, but it still means that we have no government here and that doesn't look like it's going to change anytime soon. Amanda Ferguson, a journalist based in Northern Ireland. Thank you very much, Amanda, for joining us. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.